You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. Travelling Tunes with Dr Kirsten Zimke. Morena Kirsten, how are you this morning? Morena, I guess ready for Friday, ready for weekend, yes. (laughs) I don't think you could have sounded less enthusiastic about the long weekend (laughs) if you tried there. Uh, But you brought us a very interesting uh, sort of roundhouse of music, Bollywood Fusion. What's this all about? Well, yeah, I mean, the hashtag is Bollywood Fusion, but I don't want to be completely incorrect. People call it Indo-Jazz Fusion, Hindustani Fusion, Indian Fusion. And I'll give you a little um, weird history is this fusion phenomenon initially started creating by, you know, white artists, uh, British artists like the Beatles Mm. uh, worked with Ravi Shankar in the 60s and 70s. Um, But the shift now, the movement now is, you know, um, Indian DJs and producers. A lot of these songs are made for weddings. Oh, cool. You know, so that you have these sort of hype songs. Yeah. So so Bollywood, I mean, you know, that's it's not all the music in India, but it's their main pop music. So they have classical music, they have sort of traditional folk music, but most of the pop music used to, up until like 10, 10 years ago, come from uh, movies. So that's why they call it Bollywood. But there's also, Bollywood is just stuff in Hindi language. You know, there's stuff from South India, there's stuff in multiple languages. And some of you might have heard of Bhangra, which is a Punjabi sort of dance one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it all gives us an East-West vibe, not my words. <laughs> Big quote marks around that one. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hit this first track. Ooh. So this is from 1983. So this is... Um, the godfather of Indian jazz. He was a producer, singer, composer, worked with Ravi Shankar, worked with Miles Davis, um, had some Grammy nominations. And so he's taking the classical uh, music traditions and, you know, sort of mixing with sort of jazz, sort of air quote Western music. So Lewis Banks is his name. Yep. When I was having a Google of him, he has a, as you just sort of, Indicated super storied career. Yeah. Like, we're working in so many different spaces for music, like film and uh, stuff that's, you know, for classical kind of spaces and pop. He's sort of a man without borders a little bit. Yeah, so he really had the chops or legitimacy, you know, as they say, as a cl- classical musician. So then when he wanted to mess around with things... Um, you know, he was coming from a place of, you know, really thorough study and then, you know, approaching sort of non-Indian musics mm. here in the piano. This is a very beautiful um, vocal line in this track as well. This is... Yeah, and that would be classical. R.A. Uh, Ramamani is the name of this vocalist. That piano's lush too. So this, so this is drawing, as as you said, from like a a Western classical genre house as well, or jazz. Well, he calls it jazz. I guess right. With that piano. Ooh. Here we go. There you go. It's There's on. the jazz. Okay. Now, I, now, <laughs> now the jazz is hitting you in the head. <laughs> not where I thought this was coming. <laughs> Ooh. 
bass. Yeah, I was gonna say nice bass. So how has this received, obviously, huge career, how has this received in the kind of international music community? It's... Well, I think it's too jazzy for world music, but the world music crowd, you know, I think would attend gigs. But because it's Indian classical and because it's jazz, it's still kind of elite. You know, this isn't your wedding music. This isn't your party Spotify playlist. Um, you know that long intro he had? That is so Indian classical to sort of establish right. the rug and everything. And it just works so well with, with this uh, hybrid music. I'm trying to count the time signature and struggling. I'm not, I'm not very good at counting a time signature at the, at the best of times anyway, but she's complex. Well, when you find it, it repeats. So yeah, Indian music doesn't always work on 4-4, which will be our standard. I like also that it's not ambient. You know, a lot of people with this sort of east-west sort of, you know, vibe just create background music. This is not. No, this is definitely not background music. Forefront. Yep. <laughs> Forefront, yes, that's right. Someone's... Full frontal. Someone's saying, so how does this kind of tie into the way the sitar has kind of percolated into popular Western jazz? Oh, absolutely. This is the whole story. I mean, obviously, that's not what this artist is doing. But yeah, so I just found that Bollywood Fusion is the hashtag used for all these actually quite different things. That's interesting. Yeah. That must be to kind of attract... A Western audience who sort of sees it as a monolith. Is that possible to right. say? Yeah. That's right. And, you know, always a, sh- a shorthand. And I guess uh, Bollywood Fusion is mostly for the for Indians and sort of Westerners would be more interested in what's officially Indian Fusion or Hindustani Fusion, depending on the, you know, the oeuvre that they're working with. Now, this is beautiful and it feels sort of terrible to be fading it down but it is 10 minutes long and we've got some uh, some trance to get into with this next track jumping forward by about two decades here is that right Kirsten? yeah when was this one coming out so this is 2000 a band called tabla beat science and they again were classical musicians but you know now the big strong links with um you know the indian community in the uk um, and so they sort of worked with drum and bass audiences called, they call it tabla fusion. Um, but you know, proper and classically trained artists. They um, worked with ambient, you know, electronic drum and bass vibe that was happening at the time in the UK. So it was sort of natural for them to add this and it was really popular. Sounds good in headphones, big, big wubs. Mm. Um, they've worked with um, Bjork, Susie and the Banshees, Madonna, Massive Attack. You know, people, you know, UK Anglophiles are just, you know, they have this obsession with, you know, the Indian sound because it's just so different. And also so part of the diaspora in the UK That's as well. right, that's right. So now they don't, you know, only have to step out their door to work with, you know, Indian musicians and collaborate. The, the beat in this is 
so 2000s, eh? Like, and so UK. I think this is one of those... Yeah, you can hear it. One of those tracks where if you didn't tell me or I didn't know that this was kind of the space it was coming out of, there are some really identifiable hallmarks mm. in this as well. Someone's texted in saying it's reminding me a little of the Micronism stuff mm. coming out around the same time in Aotearoa. It's been a year for, for thinking about that particular album. Took out the classic record award at the Tate Prize. All right. So what, where would you sort of experience this music? Is this club music? Is this where you would hear it? I, some of some of this man's music was, but a song like this seems more like live show, I think. Yeah, right. You know, going to these gigs and hearing music. This is jam band music, let's be Yeah, honest. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, people did go to clubs and listen to really long mixes, so maybe they did play this in the club. About 4 a.m., I think. Yeah. Someone says Asian Dub Foundation, another, yes, another collective working in that space. And so this is obviously tabla. You know, the last one we had was vocals. That noise. <laughs> it's interesting because there's still such a like a strong vein of music that sounds like this being released today. Well, yeah, people are, you know, still loving this collab because mm. indie music isn't easily accessible. I mean, obviously some people can listen to it and enjoy it, but it's not that easily accessible to Western audiences. And frankly, some of the classical is not that easily acceptable to Indians. I guess the same with classical would be for us. Yeah, totally. You know, um, so, you know, it's still there to play with and experiment with there's still so many more ways it could go. And I guess also it's quite often been uh, bastardised a little bit when it's been taken into Western contexts, you know, used as a stand-in for something in huge quote marks, exotic. That's right, hashtag exotic, just to, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just to be this weird floating signifier. But these are like, you have to be a legit tabla player to be playing that. Yeah, hard. Someone says another uh, Y2K UK music moment was Kula Shekha. Oh, yeah. Buddha bar vibes, somebody else says. I don't know what the Buddha bar is. <laughs> Beyond my time, perhaps, in, uh, in music here. Shadow and Light. This is the next track, the next artist we're listening to. This so is this pretty is contemporary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's this from? 2022. Just Rahim. last year. Again, a totally different genre space. So, I mean, this band calls themselves Hindu Sunday Classical Jazz and Pop. Mm-hmm. 
What a voice. Yeah, I enjoy that. But their audience is, they said like mostly the indie, you know, circuit. Who's, so it's funny like what the music they think they're producing, but then the, the audiences that are really digging it. That's just so classic of anything though, isn't it? The <laughs> yeah. musician's like, I'm this, and the crowd's right. like, no, you're that. Yeah. I'll be taking that. And the other thing they call it of their music, neoclassical, um, contemporary classical, you know, it's hard to put these things in boxes and yeah. with hashtags and, sp- and stuff. You, It's just you want to find them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to, you know, limit a band, but you just want to find them. This is nice. These guys have been nominated for a Grammy, I was just reading. That's babouge. Yeah. So this, as you say, it comes kind of maybe to an indie audience. Yeah, I mean, they're who come out to see them live and stuff. Yeah, so this isn't your um, wedding song audience e- either. You know, this is people that I think are going to listen, you know, and pay attention. Mm. Someone says Buddha Bar, just jumping back a little bit there. Buddha Bar with CD compilations of downbeat electronica with Eastern vibes, like Cafe, <laughs> like the Cafe Del Mar CD right. series. Right, okay. <laughs> that, is, that is before my time. <laughs> it kind of sounds like the, the CD you would find in the pharmacy. <laughs> when I was in the pharmacy recently, there was one that was just like, some country album <laughs> and it was it was called uh almost persuaded and it had a very <laughs> sad looking uh man in a cowboy mm. hat on the front cover mm. when you're desperate on a road trip there's yeah. just no cds that would be a great um ethnomusicological study is to go around <laughs> to various pharmacy. pharmacies and see what music they play and what this has been a very pleasant journey into Bollywood fusion to use the the very catchy umbrella. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting. And I imagine that we've only just scraped the surface of Absolutely. the various genre kind of held under that space too. Thank you, Kirsten. Nice uh you're sort welcome. Of nice nice mood for a Friday yeah, morning. Right. I feel. It's good weekend. Yeah, weekend totally. Vibes. Have a lovely long weekend and we will chat to you again next week. Kakita. Okay. All right, bye. That was Travelling Tunes with Dr. Kirsten Zimke. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.